Hello and welcome. You are listening to Navigating the Metaverse, where we interview trailblazers in the NFT and metaverse space who share their insider advice for how to do business in the Web 3.0 era. Your host is Maso DiBartolo. By the way, did you know that you can buy, sell, and trade virtual land inside of Upland, the metaverse that is mapped to the real world? You can download Upland on iOS or Android or enter it on the web by using the referral link in the show notes. Grab your special sign-up bonus of 6,000 UpX today and start rebuilding the world with others. With that being said, enjoy today's episode. And good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, depending on where you are tuning in from. Another session with Navigating the Metaverse, a guide to limitless opportunities in the world of Web3 and all things Metaverse. I have a panel here, an amazing lineup of speakers that I will be enjoying, picking their brains and lessons learned and sharing it with you, dear audience. Today, we have here Charlie Silver, is the chairman and CEO of Permission.io, the leading provider of permission advertising for e-commerce. Charlie, such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. The pleasure is all ours. Jordan, Jordan Fogarty is the CEO of B Media by Animoca Brands, a digital agency that helps businesses take advantage of the power and innovation of emerging Web3 technology. Such a pleasure to have you, Jordan. Thanks for having me, Chvasa. Nice to be here. Well, the topic is metaverse, and we are in a quite interesting phase when it gets uh, to crypto, right? It, we are seeing, we have seen uh, some hypes. We, have, we are now in a in a kind of a turbulent moment, right? And when we are in turbulent moments, all the markets and retail investors and businesses and users are asking themselves one question, which is, well, great now that we are in a downturn, how do we use this that it makes sense? So it's all about utility. It's all about value creation. Um, Jordan, you are running a, a very intriguing agency, right? Digital agency uh, in on or in behalf or with by Animoca. Maybe you want to explain that too for our audience, right? And what have you seen that is really creating value? Okay, yeah. So I'm running a, I started the agency in Web 1, grew up to Web 2, now we're firmly in Web 3 and very focused on, on Web 3 projects only um, now. So what, what have I seen that's creating value? I think, you know, it's the way we sort of describe the difference of Web 2 and Web 3 is Web 2 is very product centric, you know, like um, product's the central item. Um, Web 3 we see is extremely community centric, which a lot of brands are struggling to understand and innovate too. Um, even just this week, I've been um, all yeah, across Australia to a couple of different uh, big retail groups and they're just trying to replicate their Web2, uh, you know, uh, marketing and advertising uh, in, in Web3, which I think is interesting because it's not how Web3 communities want to necessarily operate. So I think values about creating um, meaning and reasons to come and and hang out and build that that like-minded communities and um, only doing things that are value first, not just um, product-centric kind of advertising, if you like, is, is probably from, from our perspective of what we try and focus on building. So from product to community and value creation, right? Charlie, what would you like to add to this? What have you seen that creates value to community? Maybe a couple of lessons learned on your end. 
Well, you know, Web3, in my view, is all about individual ownership, individual sovereignty, where the individual is in control of their experience and their data. Um, I really think for communities to grow and to build, instead of this data exploitation model, which is the dominant in Web2, you know, the tools and the experiences that allow individuals to take control of their experience is going to be the fundamental difference between Web3 and Web2. And when that really, when all those tools and infrastructure are in place, that's where we're going to see the metaverse and Web3 really take off. What, what, what industry, what segments, what areas uh, have you been uh, engaging and working with that you have seen that this works uh, pretty, pretty well, what you have been describing in terms of value creation? There's a specific niche, a specific market, a specific type of, of industry that you have been working and say, well, Tommaso, this is a, a great use case that we have been having. Well, clearly video gaming is where the metaverse is going to you know, you know, uh, young people that play video games, it's, you know, video games in the U.S. is, is a hundred billion dollar industry. It's massive. And I do believe it will dominate, you know, video gaming and entertainment. I mean, that's where uh, uh, this is going to really take off. And I think, you know, the, you know, 12 year olds to 30 year olds is where, you know, uh, where this is gonna where this is gonna happen? Video games. Video games is is what basically awoke the the topic of metaverse, or maybe was the 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 chain, the valuable chain between the blockchain itself as a technology, the non fungible tokens, right, and then this early adopters of uh, of the metaverse. I'd be curious to hear a couple of use cases uh, that you at B Media have. Uh, been exploring what have you been seeing that has been working well in terms of you know community flew through the roof high engagement right and high acceptance and maybe what was a flop there yeah so I can speak for um, I'll speak let's start with a flop um, and, and this is not us but um, we, okay. there's, a, there's a, a large Australian airline you know had a we believe that they've got the their most valuable asset is this enormous um, frequent flyer program and I think they possibly really didn't think through their metaverse and NFT strategy very thoughtfully and just released, you know, planes over the decades, uh, images of planes over the decades. It was a shame because I think that set them back a while because they had this amazing um, multi-level sort of um, uh, frequent fly program and membership base that they could have really brought the NFT program as a real community builder and a way to, you know, add value and, you know, even airdropped their top premium flyers, but they came out with just a just an image and and you know hoping to make some some quick dollars out of it. So I think they were, were clearly not getting um, maybe the most holistic uh, valuable advice on, on how to execute in, in Web3. So I think that's that would be a, an example there that I think we we talk about as a as a as a as a warning. Um, ones we've been really focused on is focusing on we sort of call it community of communities. So Within, for example, a major sporting league, we're working with the Australian Football League. Been working with them on really building out across all their clubs, um, a lot of in-game in data utility and everything. But now also starting to partner with other ecosystems like um, what might a customer or a user of this industry, of, of this segment, 
also do. Well, he might go and watch football. He might go and watch concerts. So he's speaking to the ticketing providers and the stadiums and the venues, but he might also jump on a plane and fly to another state or another city to to access and go to a go to an entertainment or, or a sporting event. But maybe he's going to a pub or, or, or you know or a bar prior. So why can't we partner with all of these different groups and to to connect these communities, creating that wider um, we see as really exciting way to not have these siloed membership or loyalty programs that we might have been used to in the past. Um, we see NFTs as, as such a great way to do that. That's very intriguing. And I have uh, um, another actually follow-up here because you used one word that uh, actually we can unpack um, a lot, Jordan, and that's the word you said. They just dropped something, meaning, you know, the NFT with the intention, you know, the experiment, and maybe it's, it's not comprehensive. And then you said it was not holistic. Uh, does this imply that there is kind of a framework that you have been working on that you are aware of, that you have been learning over the last uh, month and years, right? You say, well, Tommaso, this framework, if we do, this is how you launch it, this is how you start the community, this works out. Is there a framework that you would like to share with our audience? I mean, I think it's a really good question. I think, um, to be honest, at times we feel we're often hiring more people in our strategy team sometimes than our dev team um, because we think it's, you've got to be very careful starting with dev first, starting with the tech first. Um, you know, old school business practices and principles of, of, you know, who's the customer, what's valuable to them, how do we provide that is so critical. So from a framework perspective, I mean, we definitely recommend like starting with a smaller audience, a smaller group. So if you've got a large audience of, you know, a million people, don't start trying to provide all million. This isn't another email marketing um, system that you're setting up, which we've challenged a number of large organizations this week um it's it's how, what's the most highly engaged community that you can even get them involved in the process start maybe with a small beta test of, of an nft drop what do they want from it get them engaged in the discord a lot of this community engagement but start small like you know even the afl's got millions of different um fans and, mem and active members and we're starting with, you know, just a thousand um, NFTs to really start to build a community, get feedback, what utility is important to them, don't assume. So that's probably our first advice in, in thinking about maybe a framework, if you like. And then, of course, from there, you can really test test and learn and make sure that everything that's being done and invested in and built out. Um, a big thing, of course, about Amokas is, is that interoperability and, and ongoing utility. So across the network and, and other external partners, we can be having multiple ways to continue to, to, to give them the way they can actually use these assets rather than just a pre-picture. Very intriguing. So you say, okay, kick off a community, then have a small set on NFT. You mentioned something like a thousand NFTs, right? But always listen into the community, right? And start understanding what they care and what they want. And then always at, at the center of all this, consider always the utility and interoperability, right? And with that, you basically then have a target audience. It's a Web3 target audience, right? It's a, it's a, it's a decentralized target audience. Charlie, um, the, by having a community of co-creators where they have uh, the opportunity to own 
uh, their data, to own actually also their time and decide where they spent their time, right? We are reinventing the advertisement business. And you have a very intriguing value proposition, right? Leading provider of permission advertising for e-commerce, right? Maybe two questions here that might tie into each other, right? First, how is advertising changing from Web 2 into Web 3? And then the second one, what exactly are is permission advertising in e-commerce for Web 3? Well, the, the, the key difference uh, as we move into Web3, again, is the individual sovereignty, the individual control over their data. You're seeing already in the Apple ecosystem where all apps have to explicitly ask permission to use personal data. There's, you know, cookies are going away. There's regulations. Uh, GDPR, the general data protection regulations that are global. So, I mean, it's not just the market is moving in this direction, but regulation is moving in this direction, that the model that Google and Facebook have developed where they just exploit individuals' data is going away. I mean, it's going away. And the individual is going to be in charge of their data, and they're only going to share it if they're compensated. I mean, 95% of people in the Apple ecosystem say no when they're asked to share data. But once they're rewarded and recognize that their time and their data has enormous value, then they'll start to share it. And that's what we're doing on behalf of global brands, is enabling global brands to offer crypto to individuals to opt in and that's that's what we're doing we've built this massive platform to allow any brand anywhere in the world to run ads like they would through google uh, and target users the same way but the difference is they offer crypto to opt in give me a use case so i am i am on uh, a uh, on a website where i'm looking for a trip somewhere and then what what's what is what is your your platform doing it's showing an ad and offering me crypto or is it offering me to get the reward that is linked to the ultimate offering well if you're going okay so you're going to france and you know you might see an ad that's relevant that says from air france okay earn crypto click here you go to a landing page, it's Air France branded. If you have a wallet address, you connect the, your wallet. If you don't, you put in an email address and we create a wallet for you and, and deposit the 100, 500,000 ASK, whatever the advertiser chooses to offer. So that's how it works. It's just if you're going to engage and opt in, you're rewarded for it. And that's what we're doing. And uh, the, we see the wallet as the key infrastructure element to take Web3 mainstream, that wallet addresses, like if I asked you, Thomas or Jordan, to send me some crypto, my, email, my wallet address is charliesilver.eth, right? People are going to need to have wallet addresses as NFT domains like they do email addresses. And as soon as that is commonplace, where everybody has wallet addresses, 
similar to an email address, that's what takes this whole thing mainstream. That's very intriguing. And uh, um, so, how can you? How did you come up actually with with spotting uh, this this challenge? What was your line of reasoning? You're talking about advertisement basically uh, becoming no longer I pay for for to get in front of you, right? But now I opt in as an end user and I decide to do it because I get rewarded, right? Uh, well, I, I can imagine, and I mean, it's still early adopters, right? That this is, has some uh, some um, some educational uh, uh, endeavor, right? It's still an educational endeavor. How you're how you're surpassing this initial phase of educating the end user to buy. Uh, and when I say the end user, by the way, it's it's not the crypto aficionado, right? Or are you seeing that it's primarily crypto aficionados right now? What, what's your experience there? Maybe maybe this one is the first question. Well, you know, we're in this crossing the chasm curve, and right. and we're still in the early adopter phase. We're not yet mainstream. Yeah. So most of our advertisers are crypto-oriented advertisers, um, uh, and we're able to assemble, you know, huge crypto audiences uh, on behalf on their behalf. But I'll tell you this, we're talking to Pepsi, Budweiser, Intel, Nike, every advertiser that we're talking to wants to learn more. We actually have a roadshow, a Web3 advertising roadshow that we're teaching, you know, marketing teams and agencies about how to How to, how to participate in Web3, how, to, how NFTs can be the best branding opportunity for advertisers that they've seen in a long time, how engaging individuals and building one-to-one relationships based on trust and a real relationship is where brands have to go. They have to build direct relationships with individuals. And You know, it's uh, it's it's a new medium. It's it's exciting. I and I'll tell you this: most no, every single brand we pitch is leaning in, and all they want to do is learn more. How do we test? How do we learn? Uh, that's very intriguing, and I can only speak of the same. So brands are super open, right, to understand and have a first step and experiment in the world of uh, metaverse. And I think this is your bread and butter, right, Jordan? You speak with a lot of brands and then in combination with the ecosystem provided by Animoca brands, right? Is it correctly that you then, uh, together with the brands, uh, design a potential metaverse entry? How does it exactly work if I'm a brand and I would like to work with you guys? What, is, what, are, what are things that you guys present in terms of potential opportunities and pathways into uh, the metaverse? Yeah, so we sort of will often focus on um, core industries, um, whether it's fashion, retail, sport, entertainment, um, and a lot of it is, um, you know, the, the ideas we present, they might want to, well, we need to be in the metaverse. It's like, okay, let's take a step back. What, is, what does that mean? What are you trying to achieve here? What's the goal? Oh, well, our competitor's doing it, or someone else is doing it, or we, we sort of need to be there. They're all very excited to be in the metaverse, but, but don't really understand maybe what exactly that can look like for them. So for us, it'll be breaking it down and going, okay, what are some smaller areas we can we can chunk this down into and how can we, I will always, you know, use an example. Okay, Mickey, he's 24 years old. This is your target audience. What value, what's he looking for? 
Who could you also collaborate with and joint venture or partner with that's a similar adjacent brand that has a similar offering and then bring maybe even both of those brands in together to a metaverse experience in the sandbox or into some of the other gaming assets or or just some of the ecosystem partners that we feel will, will I suppose, best meet their, their customer because not all of them are gamers, right? The typical mainstream brands don't have a lot of gaming um, a lot of gaming uh, customers. So they're trying to get into the metaverse without maybe having the groundswell of the, you know, gaming audience. So it's a, yeah, a unique path. And, and you, you, were, you were mentioning a couple of industries, right? You, you, said, you, you said fashion, uh, uh, retail industry. Um, what's a use case? I mean, what is a use case? I'm a retail, I'm a retail brand, right? I approach you, I have... Uh, I have uh, 300 stores, right, and uh, and uh, maybe supermarket retail, right? What, what's what's a use case there that uh, yeah. that has been working well at uh, B Media? Yeah, sure. So a use case is, um, you know, a number of different fashion brands we're working with. We're really looking at, like expanding their current physical offerings and physical um, merchandise and and um, you know uh, dresses or whatever it might be um, from from the fashion label, and then. Initially, a lot of them we're starting with, um, you know, let's create an NFT that's very similar to that item and let's start to get people comfortable with that and, and they can either get the dress sent to their house, um, like if they burn the NFT or they might choose to keep the NFT, which is quite exciting because they're sort of getting an option there and some people are opting to get the dress sent to them physically because they trust that and they're comfortable with it. Others are choosing to hold on to the NFT because it's going to gain in value um, and that's what they're kind of, you know, they, they, they want to use it on their avatar in, in the metaverse more so than maybe where in physical. Uh, and then beyond that is, um, you know, bringing them into a larger ecosystems where there's multiple brands there, hosting events, uh, doing fashion parades with four or five or six other brands. So it's quite, you know, I think everyone's quite excited about this space um, and our goals to kind of phase it into two, three, four different phases um, to to get them, not just them comfortable as the brand owners and key stakeholders, but often it's their customers becoming comfortable. Okay, Metaverse Nation, great news. If you're enjoying this episode, you'll love our book. Written by our lovely co-hosts and industry leaders in the NFT and Metaverse space, we published an in-depth guide for how to succeed in the new Web 3.0 environment. How can you as a brand or a company capitalize on the momentum? How are others doing it? We demystify the industry and potential for you. The link to the book is listed in the show notes, or you can simply look for the Navigating the Metaverse book on Amazon or visit our website at themetaversebook.me. But let's get back to the show. Uh, that's that's uh, that's what we have been uh, that's what we have been seeing also a lot actually the last month right especially in fashion uh, being being a very a very uh, a ideal almost scenario right for those for those metaverse that are more uh, uh, fantasy oriented where you can express a new a new or a metaverse identity right and you express also individualism right. Um, when we talk about uh, uh, metaverse, uh, Charlie, I, I, you you gave us the example on you would be uh, you would find your offering of being rewarded of your attention um, on on a specific brand landing page. Are you seeing a future in which this uh, next gen advertisement is also part of a digital environment such as 
metaverses? Are you, are you having some exploratory thoughts in there or what are your thoughts in advertisement in the metaverse, next-gen advertisement? Well, clearly, I mean, you can see Facebook whose whole business is advertising and they're rebranding themselves as meta platforms. So clearly the metaverse in their view is going to be this massive advertising opportunity. You know, for us, we're not really playing there yet. Uh, uh, but uh, anybody who, you know, electronic arts and, you know, uh, Activision and companies like that clearly who, where advertising is a very big component of their revenue model. Um, you know, they're figuring it out. They're figuring out how to do product placement and, and do ads uh, to get in, in front of these very important young audiences. Um, but that's, you know, we're, we're playing more in the global internet, traditional publishing kinds of sites. We don't have the pipes into uh, metaverse uh, publishers yet, but uh, it's clearly going to be a huge opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's the next generation of, you know, the way I view it is the metaverse is the next generation of video games. And kids, you know, every kid under, you know, grows up, you know, in the metaverse or in video games. And the metaverse is the next generation of interactivity and uh, user experience that's clearly going to be more immersive and more interactive and, you know, exciting for uh, uh, users. And obviously, wherever there's an audience, there's advertisers. Absolutely, absolutely. And you have your own token, um, Ask, right? That you basically are uh, dropping and rewarding your, the, the, the audience with, right? Or are you also using third-party uh, uh, tokens that are not uh, your 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 owns? Uh, no, we're just using Ask, uh, but we also will. You know, we're the first, and by the way, patent pending crypto rewards demand-side bidding platform. You know, internet advertising all starts with a, a bidding platform. You know, that's what Google is. That's what Google created. So. Brands can bid for inventory on the global web. And we have that bidding platform uh, that enables brands to offer crypto. So right now we're just offering ASK uh, and NFTs uh, and a brand's NFT. But uh, it certainly will grow to offer other, uh, other tokens. But right now it's just ours. Very intriguing. Congratulations on, on, on that indeed. Um, Jordan, often, often I get the question, well, there are so many moving uh, metaverse and moving parts out there, right? So many worlds, right? And uh, how to select, and then they use, you know, the word, the right metaverse, right? I'm confident that you have uh, uh, faced and heard this question too many times. How do you go about that? What would be your advice? If you are a corporation, a business, a brand, right? You're looking to develop a strategy in which metaverse and, and community, obviously, and, and, and tokenomics and NFTs are part of it, right? How yeah. to choose the right <laughs> metaverse? Well, we'll stick with that, not going in deep into tokenomics and everything else. Um, so, yeah, from choosing the right metaverse, like, 
you know, some, some brands are looking at creating their own metaverse, which it really is just, and some have done it. It's, it's an interactive, engaging space that, you know, um, it is interesting, but, but probably not as powerful as, as going to somewhere where you're around other, other people and other, other, um, you know, organizations. So that, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think it really depends on what industry they're in. There are certain metaverses. I mean, the two main being obviously Sandbox and Decentraland, like have, they're both different in the, in the sort of, um, in, in some elements. I think there are, you know, there are some metaverses that, you know, you can look for where your similar brands and competitors might be. And it's actually not a bad idea to probably go next to them because like anything, you know, Charlie would probably agree with this, you know, you want to, advertisers want to be advertising around similar types of users and customers, obviously um, attracting the right eyeballs, keeping them engaged. So I think from that perspective, um, you know, you've got to look at the technical functionalities, like what are you trying to do? Is the, is the assets you're trying to bring that interoperable with that particular metaverse or not? Like that's a, some clear, obvious elements that after you're clear on your audience and your segment, is the technical, does it actually check in and, and, and sort of align with, with choosing that metaverse? Um, but Probably if they're early on, I'd definitely be suggesting going for one of the top two or three metaverses as, as a safer bet rather than going down to either building their own on the get-go or, or going to a smaller, uh, more niche metaverse. Okay. So basically experimentation, definitely fundamental. And then uh, it's not a wrong bet to tap into metaverses uh, that are known out there. And maybe metaverses also that fit the or, or, or empower the, the story creation of what the actual of what the actual product or offering is of the very specific brand, right? So if it's if it's something that basically supports this entire story, because community wants stories, right? What what's your take on there, Adrian? Yeah, and totally. I think I mean you know Gucci's done this ten RF RFKT um, that they've done. They've sort of collaborated with a with a with a Japanese artist, and they've done brilliant storytelling. You know, he's a is a um, boot maker and, and, you know, they've done some amazing collaborations. That's what's really exciting for brands too in this space is better than ever can they do amazing collaborations, not necessarily just with another fashion designer doing it with another fashion designer. It can be with an artist or a sports star or a business personality or or just actually a, you know, a, 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 not necessarily a human. It could be another sort of um creative form right creative life form or, uh, or or any type of different um different type of element there's, there's some really exciting ways that brands can collaborate and make a more niche targeted product offering if you like um quite easily well maybe easier than traditional physical formats um can sort of have a lot more uh gucci's done some amazing projects where they've been so experimental in what they've done, and then it's evolved and, and attracted people to them. So experiment at the center. Don't try to add, uh, at the center of your activity. Don't try to understand metaverse on 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 paper, right? You need to you need to get dig your toe into the cold water. Start testing. Mitigate your risks, right? Start small. We have heard it multiple times, but really execution at the, the is the, at the center of all this. Uh, and we are still in mid-2022. Right now, we are in an early phase where the, 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 the end user, the community, is still accepting that things are buggy, right? That things yeah. are, are, are to be learned, right? So the later you start, 
the higher the expectation. So the better, the better, the earlier you start, the better you can basically learn with and together with the community. And another great episode that we had here today, navigating the metaverse together with Charlie Silver and Jordan Fogarty. And now the very last question that I have here, Charlie, take me five years and in crypto five years is maybe what 20 years in, in traditional <laughs> market they mean five years down the road in a future back perspective what is permission io going to be what's your positioning by then and then tied to this question is well what are the challenges to get there well that's a um a great question i definitely see you know disruption happens slowly then suddenly I mean, I was in the early internet. I remember pitching Pfizer in 1997 uh, uh, about internet advertising. And they're like, you know, we don't know about this website stuff and should we invest in it? We don't really know. And that was 1997. A year later, a year and a half later, I mean, it's the dot-com boom and, you know, the whole world changes. And I think crypto is going to, and Web3 is going to evolve Similarly, I mean, for people who've been around, I mean, it's, you know, been going on for, you know, six, seven, eight years already. But I think there's going to be events coming up shortly that's going to just explode. And I really believe wallet addresses are the key to everything. I really do, because that's how people will connect to the metaverse. That's how they're going to connect to brands. And I was just at you know, MetaMask and Ledger and Fireblocks, these are the companies, much more than the exchanges, where all the innovation and the central uh, 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 interactivity is going to happen. People's wallets are going to be obviously where they hold crypto, but it's where they're going to hold all their data, their personal data, and, and, and that's where they're going to receive messages. They're going to be able to get NFTs and crypto into their wallets and everybody's going to have wallets like they have email addresses and it's going to be the way to connect to web three. So I really think a few years from now, you know, everybody's going to have NFT domain wallet addresses that are very simple, uh, like email addresses, and it's going to change the whole digital world uh, dramatically. And what like, are the obstacles that you see Charlie to get there? I'm sorry, what? What are the obstacles, the challenges to get there? Well, it's, okay, look, from my point of view, the regulatory environment in the U.S. has to get clear because brands aren't, you know, are hesitant to dive in, you know, if they feel they're taking regulatory risk. But globally, that risk has been mitigated uh, in Europe and in Asia mostly. But in the U.S., we have to get clear regulation for and once brands feel like it's totally safe, they're going to dive in huge. And that's what's going to drive it. Um, you know, individual knowledge, you know, uh, 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 is growing. I mean, I think it's 50% of people under 40 in the U.S. own crypto, which is huge. It, it, that's a huge, huge thing. And uh, uh, But ease of use is really the the uh, and safety is are the biggest hurdles and that's why okay. I'm coming back to the wallet the innovation in the wallets are where 
because wallets are going to be the place where people trade as well. It, that right. Coinbase is almost an anachronism. It's almost right. a centralized, you know, dinosaur already. Because in my MetaMask wallet, I'll be able to trade and and take my Ask or Bitcoin or Ether and get dollars and or whatever I want to do. And everyone's going to have their own wallets, and that's what's going to create this true decentralized web and allow metaverse and traditional advertising to really explode. Well, you have heard it first here uh, at uh, Navigating the Metaverse in May 2022. In five years' time, 2027 by then, right? We're going to have uh, wallets at the core of our transaction. We also mentioned communication through that, but definitely a simple way of uh, communicating slash transacting slash advertising slash having our core um, assets in there, right? Our, our ownership in those in those simplified uh, wallets. And in order to get there, regulations must be streamlined, uh, uh, risk medication, obviously, and uh, uh, the knowledge you mentioned, basically, the individual know-how must raise. Thank you so much for picturing this, uh, Charlie. Jordan, the same here. It's 2027. What is B-Media? How do you see yourself in the ecosystem, right? Uh, and then what are the challenges to get there? Yeah, so I think the main challenges, you know, are the user experience of Web3 is, is still really, really uh, poor, really, isn't it? Because there's not only that, the, it's clunky and, and difficult um, for, for the typical, you know, mainstream user. But on top of that, you know, the media and the, and the ups and downs and like any new industry of the fluctuations make people, you know, there's a lot of fear associated with it. Then you add, you know, again, the user experience of that, it's, it's, it makes it a really, um, really hard journey, not just for the users, but... Users are also brand owners or decision makers or stakeholders that um, maybe like Charlie said before, like Pfizer, is this thing really going to take off? Like I think it's, it didn't crash, you know, a month ago. So our biggest, we're really focused on on, on partnering and, hand, and and really holding the hands of of these brands and companies and organisations to, to take these calculated risks like any form of business, right? It's a calculated risk um, to... Focus on a value-driven offering for their customers, not just trying to sell things and, and like we always have done, um, how can they actually really challenge themselves to build valuable communities that actually matter and are going to be sustainable and consistent? Uh, so that's a big focus of ours and that's what we hope to see in those coming years. And we're seeing some really positive signs of companies going, we need to social force them to be more communicative and open and listen to their Customers and I think that the metaverse is going to force companies to shake up their whole business models, um, or they're probably you know not going to not going to be the same, not not going to continue to grow as much as they have in the in the current environment. And that's a phenomenal phenomenal sentence uh, to finish. Shake up the business models, otherwise you might be basically missing out or even vanishing, depending on how strong this market picks up, right? And uh, I would like to thank you, Charlie, uh, for being here. Jordan, the same. I really appreciate uh, allowing us and allowing the audience to pick your brains. And as always, thank you so much, dear audience. I'll uh, see you or I hear you next time and meet you in the metaverse.
Thank you for listening. Another quick reminder about our referral code for Upland, the Earth's metaverse where you can flip virtual properties, become a MetaVentures entrepreneur, or just connect with other like-minded players to rebuild the world together. Download Upland on iOS, Android, or web today using the referral link in the show notes and get a 6,000 UpX sign-up bonus. Just a quick disclaimer, the information shared on this show is for entertainment purposes only. This is not investment advice. Thank you for joining us and see you in the metaverse.